Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Here we go, hour number three of the G-Bag Nation, live from Surprise, Arizona. Our coverage brought to you by Sonic, mm, good, general at your service. If you see me, bear me, N-A. You got Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, Brian brought us here in Arizona in the press box up here. Kind of a tight fit, making it happen. You can watch us at 105 through the fan.com, Twitch, and YouTube. Of course, Lucius Alexander back home there at 75 and Fitzhugh handling all the business, keeping us on the air nice and smooth as he always does. L.A. Live with Lucius Alexander. Number one rated segment in afternoon drive for all of DFW is uh, it's coming up at about 540. And uh, it's a not miss. It's a can't miss a situation there. Of course, you have uh, Carter Freeman coordinating your video. And along with you, we are the G-Bag Nation. A lot going on here. Mavs game tonight. The stars in the hunt. You got the Cowboys combine going down. And that's what we'll do right here. Um, wanted to update the story that uh, we hit on. Stephen Jones was asked, do you need to be more aggressive? I'd like to hope that we're always aggressive. I'd like to hope that we can make our team better. The Philly deal was hats off to them. They did a great job. So we we addressed that earlier in the show. Then Michael Gelkin came on for the morning news and said something. He just feels like, you know, um, they're getting ready to make a move to provide some juice. And when, when, when I see him stop down and talk about that, I don't think it's a day three pick of a guy who's you know going to provide you some explosiveness on special teams and, and maybe a deep threat. And I, I think they're talking juice in the media, juice on the field, like immediate credibility for playmaking. That's, that's kind of what that sounds like to me. So that's got me a little bit more excited. Uh, you know, I, I can't quite, quite get to expecting a huge move, but, but something with some, you know, uh, a realistic shot of, of having an impact. Is that DJ Chark? Yeah, I, I don't know, you know, what, what kind of move is that? But is that getting you guys excited at all when you heard Gilkin talk about that? It is for sure. I was I thought they had been downplaying the amount of playmakers this offense needs, but maybe if they want to take a big home run swing for, like we've talked about, a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, maybe they feel like, okay, you bring back Tony Pollard, which, listen, on the franchise tag or a long-term deal, more than likely I would be against, definitely against it on the franchise tag. But either way, if Pollard's back and then – you bring in a DeAndre Hopkins, you get the the year two bump off the ACL from Michael Gallup, you have the young tight ends, you have, of course, C.D. Lamb, maybe Tolbert steps up, uh, not banking on that in any way, but a, a big, pl- uh, not, like DJ Shark is not enough. Not enough. That, that's not enough at no. all. But if you're getting me DeAndre Hopkins for a second round pick, I can get on board with that. But I still feel like you you need a couple more guys if you do one splash and then somewhere in the draft you get another playmaker in your backfield or as a wide receiver or this tight end class something hey can i ask you guys this with him saying that tyron smith's coming back does that eliminate a guard i think it does with the 26 pick i think you're planning to go tyron tyler yeah the Oddish, yeah zach Steele. Well, yeah i mean 
I mean, by I mean, I, I kind of felt like that Tyron Smith was going. It was going to be like, move on. We're going to get your money. We're going to go sign somebody else with it or use that money. But with with Gelkin saying that Tyron Smith was the plan was for him to come back. Sure. That it's not too much to have three tackles. Yeah, another interesting I, I, takeaway. I'm, I'm kind of eliminating a guard at 26. You're probably yeah. right, but it shouldn't just because Tyron's not available and it's just a one-year thing. Like, if there's a guy there that you like, I don't think you should pass on him just because you have Tyron on the roster. And I think Tyron needs to play quite a bit of the start of the season at right tackle, doesn't he? For uh, for Steele. For our guy Steele, he's coming off the injury. Well, Steven said he thinks he's going to be ready for camp. For camp. Okay. He's making a remarkable quick recovery, of a like yeah. one of the fastest All they've right. ever seen. So if, if that holds, hmm. then they, they think, I guess, you're right, Brian, but Tyron will be ready to go at left. Yeah, I just – the big move to me is I just feel like that they feel like that Odell Beckham is a bigger move than what everybody, you know, that's kind of watching this team. I just feel like that's they, – they feel like that's the move. You know, if they could get Beckham done, then they would feel like, oh, well, that's – you know, that was something that we talked about, we worked on, we worked on it last season – it just seems like their version of a big move is a lot different than what we determined would be a big move. Okay, that's good. We'll uh, t- talk about that a little bit later on, including with Bobby Belt, our Cowboys insider, coming up at about 5.30. Just watched Jack Leiter work a half inning. Wolchuk, did you have any takeaways there? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he ended up being uh, – he, he was pretty good. He had a couple of nasty pitches. His first strikeout was really good to put him away. He had a good ground ball that he induced there. I mean, overall, it's just interesting his body type. We were talking about it during the break. He's a really high-cut guy. His legs are super strong. He's got a good lower body build. But he looked pretty composed over there – or composed, as I would say, composed and yep. poised yep. on yep. the bump. But an easy one, two, three. And now we got Evan Carter who's in the box. And it's always fun watching him take some hacks at the ball. I mean, what's composure without poise? And what's Poise without composure. You're damn right. You need them both. Yeah. You got to stay composed as a youngster with the pitch clock, and hopefully that's something that he has a little bit of a leg up on being a young guy who's played, you know, yeah. with that. Nice. Uh, it's going to be talk to his dad about that, too. Yeah, certainly. And it didn't seem like uh, the pitch clock was really giving him any any issues. No, he was working yeah. He was working pretty quickly. Fit guy. Uh, yeah, he is, he is He is a fit guy. The cardio's not going to be working against him here. Uh, but it, it did. It, it jumped off the, off the screen, if you will, at us this morning, seeing him up close. He is a little bit shorter, and then and then a guy like Degrom walks by, and he's he's got to be six four, I would think. Like yeah. he's he's a tall and lean dude, but Leiter's got a very very interesting build for All sure. All body types here available uh, on the Rangers pitching staff. A couple innings ago, a guy who Mike Bassick said is bigger than Bartolo Colon was uh, laboring through a couple of innings for the Rangers. <laughs> yeah, that's a guy. I believe that was fifty six. Reyes uh, Maranta. Yeah, uh, and the if, if the car- if, if the cardio is going to be a factor with the pitch clock, he is probably mother bleeping that pitch clock. <laughs> yeah, he's working. He's looking for short relief okay. now. In a transition. Yeah, we're just going to continue to run on this Rockies catcher and get control- uh, what, second put out, yeah. second throw out he's had, huh? Each catcher's in- thrown out two guys now. Yeah, yeah. but to, to this inning for the Rockies, dude. Yeah. Okay, we got uh, mock draft uh, uh, verses here. Uh, in one corner, Bucky Brooks. In the other corner, Mel Kuyper. You tell me which Cowboys pick is the best. Uh, number 26 there, you got Quentin Johnston, TCU. That is Bucky Brooks. Cowboys must improve the core to get uh, Dak in his, his Pro Bowl form. He says, Johnston, a big play potential. Take advantage of uh, one-on-one coverage on the outside. And uh, you got Mel Kuyper going with Dalton Kincaid, the tight end from Utah, replacing one Dalton with another. 
And I guess that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but I believe in Ferguson and Hendershot. So my first question would be, what's, why are we talking about like tagging Schultz or drafting Dalton Kincaid when both those guys showed significant potential? See, well, for me, I, I, I love Dalton Kincaid. I'll tell you that. I, I, I do think this is a damn good tight end draft. We just had a home run. Brad Miller. Brad Miller. Donger right there. For Brad Miller. Uh, that was beautiful. In his red shoes. Yeah, yeah, and he looks good in those red shoes. Now, it, it, that's the thing. Like, You can really find, I think, a difference-making tight end. But you're right, Gavin. I, I think Hendershot and Ferguson both have a lot of upside. The one thing about Dak is if you're looking to get Dak more help, and I think Kuyper makes some, some sense there, he does love throwing to his tight ends. And the knock on Dalton Schultz, and you've talked about this a lot, Gavin, is he's kind of a catch-go-down-to-the-ground guy. He's not a big yards-after-catch. Dalton Kincaid is a playmaker. He's going to stretch the defense. He's a dude that can attack the seam. He's able to get it. He's able to break tackles. He is really good with the ball in space and with his hands after the catch. So, to me, I, I think he's the best tight end in the class and what is a loaded group. I know a lot of people, including Brian like Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame, and that dude's an absolute physical specimen they call him baby gronk but when Dak loves to go to the tight end as much as he does i can understand the cowboys maybe looking at that position and saying hey that's kind of like outside of cd lamb maybe our next most important option in the passing game yeah yeah and it's it's just more of a commitment to hey can we get a guy that we think could blossom into a top five kind of tight end in the league do we look at one of these dudes as a total matchup nightmare for a defense maybe they don't quite feel that way about the Fergushot combo hey solid guys but is this just another Jarwin Dalton Schultz type where hey great value good player but not a not a guy that scares defenses in a way that you see top tight ends do and so if you feel like a guy like Kincaid or any one of these stud tight ends in this draft can be that guy yeah I certainly get taking a swing on him now they it's a tough evaluation because you're missing on tight ends every year, left and right. Teams They're think they lot. got a tight end, yeah. and they don't. So you got to be caution. You know, you got to you got to act with caution there. But the Quentin Johnston one for Bucky Brooks. I mean, to me, that that's unrealistic. Uh, and maybe Broadus and Walchuk can correct me here, but Quentin Johnson, he's a monster. The tape tells you he was a big play dude left and right, and he's about to blow up the combine. Like, mm. And in a draft where it's not as wide receiver dominant as we've seen in the last few years, I can't imagine him falling to 26. Yeah, yeah. Brian, the thing about I mean, Yeah, I do. And I, the thing that I really like about Quentin Johnson is he plays as if the game is really important to him. I mean, he is one of those guys, you watch him like every snap, Every opportunity he gets, whether it's going for the football, blocking downfield, I mean, yeah. give me the wide receiver that like it's life or death every play. And I, I think want Quentin, that at every position. Yeah, I think Quentin Johnston's got that in him. Right on. Okay, let's talk a little Mavs with you here, Nation. We got uh, Woolchuck's top ten four twenty coming up here in about ten minutes, and we are live in surprise coverage brought to you by Sonic and Good. Grant Afseth, DallasBasketball.com, spoke with Christian Wood talking big picture about a number of things. I think this is kind of chicken soup for your Cowboys soul in here. I do believe so that maybe you can hear some of these quotes from Christian Wood and think more positively about this whole thing coming together. I definitely think if Christian Wood is a bad teammate, he doesn't let any of it show publicly. 
like 99% of all of his public demeanor on court and with the media has just been outstanding. He sounds like a cool dude and a, and a good teammate everywhere I look, but I know coaching staffs have been frustrated with his professionalism. So sometimes you can be the coolest dude. It just doesn't translate with, you know, trying to get on the same page with the game plan. Um, but he was asked about Kleba returning. And is that going to happen tonight against the Pacers? Yeah, they're talking about that right now. It looks very good as we speak. They were going to wait up until about game time. But it, but the early indication I got was that they were going to wait, but it looks promising tonight. He says, uh, Christian Wood on, on Maxi Kleba, I love playing with Maxi. Me and him complement each other really well. His ability to be able to defend the bigger guys, his ability to space the floor. Like, that gives you a player that nobody else on the Mavs does. Could Maxi Kleba be the key to unlocking the good times rolling once again? Like, I don't know how many optimistic days we've had around this basketball team since he went down with that injury. He says, just having that space in the floor for those guys to be able to operate, it's going to be tough for teams to double-team Luka and double-team Kyrie because now you have five shooters all on the floor. It's a nice thing to try out. Whenever he comes back, we'll be ready for him. Five shooters on the floor is something that can be impossible for defenses to slow down if guys are hitting and you have two guys like Kyrie and Luka making things happen. What do you guys think about this idea? Can, how much faith or hope can you put in the return of Kleba? Man, I, I kind of feel like we have – there's been so much Kleba's coming back, Kleba's coming back, and it's necessary, and it's certainly going to be something that is needed for this team if they're going to – make the playoffs and, and do something somewhat special go on any type of run you're going to need Kleba to be the best version of himself but that's the biggest question to me like he's coming off an injury much quicker than any of us probably would have imagined and he's a guy that we've seen lose confidence in his shot very very quickly and so what type of Kleba are you going to get in theory yes his versatility his ability to be a rim protector and a guy who can stretch the floor for you all of that is huge but I don't know what type of version of him we're getting and how many minutes can we depend on him so it, it, it's fun that he's coming back it certainly is but it's probably been overblown that hey this is just going to fix all of the issues that this team has right now they're not a maxi Klebo away from all of a sudden going on a run yeah i think that's very fair he doesn't have a magic wand that he's going to wave and all of a sudden he's going to remedy all the the mavericks problems it is to me i think your offense is so good to where you're scoring so many points now because of Kyrie and luca that you re you're, you're less reliant on his offensive capabilities in a shot following that you really just want him to be able to put everything on the defensive end and rebounding and it's like maxi don't worry about the shot let's just try and get you to put all of your effort into helping christian wood and helping with the rim protection and give us all the kind of effort minutes you can on that defensive side of the floor put all your focus on that area because that's where the mavericks are lacking so much right now Wood talked about uh, the varying roles that he's had this year. He said he's used to coming off the bench behind players because it happened early in his career. But he did say it's frustrating switching roles and finding out what my role is for sure. But he says he, he thinks he can settle into any role. That, that sounds flexible to me. Shooting 92% from the free throw line in February. says he's been putting in a lot of hard work with Sean Sweeney one of their assistants uh, uh, to, to be one of the players they can depend on in the fourth quarter to hit free throws. And then, totally different, but he talked about the difference between playing with Kyrie and Luka. Both willing passers, both get double teamed, but I would just say the pace of it's different. 
Luca, when he when the offense slows down, he's a great half court player. When they double him, he's always going to make the right play. And always puts you in a position to play four on three on the backside. Kyrie's more shifty. He could come off the screen and and beat the big and beat a double team, or he hit a quick pocket pass. I'm normally getting late pocket passes from Luca, and now it's a quick one from Kyrie. So that's what I'd say is the big difference. Thanks to Grant Afset, the DallasBasketball.com, uh, harvesting those Christian Wood quotes for you, and they host the Pacers tonight. I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I don't want this fun ride to be over. We've had some promising moments. This team might have some systemic issues. And it, it might not snap back, but dang it, there's so much potential in here. Okay, Wooly Bully's top 10 at 420 coming up next. Where are we going with that, sir? National Pancake Day. What's your favorite pancake? And I got the top 10 breakfast foods. Plus, we might get a Nathaniel Lowe appearance next on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.